Let us pray. God of wisdom, thank you for your word that guides us to your truth. Open our hearts and our minds to receive your word that we might be enlightened by the power of your Holy Spirit to share the good news with the world. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from Psalm 105, verses 1 through 6, 23 through 26, and 45c. God's faithfulness to Israel. Listen for the word of the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful works. Glory is his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has uttered, O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Then Israel came to Egypt. Jacob lived as an alien in the land of Ham. And the Lord made his people very fruitful and made them stronger than their foes, whose hearts then he turned to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. He sent his servant Moses and Aaron, whom he had chosen. Praise the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. The New Testament reading comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Listen for the word of the Lord. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not overcome evil. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, 
Fill us with your spirit that your preached word will fall fresh on us today. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, through Christ. Amen. The sermon title this morning is Be the Peace. Wouldn't it be great if we could live peaceably with everyone? Paul says in verse 18, if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. What an easy task that would be if we could choose the people we could be around. And even then, there would be some chaos. The brutal reality is that we will all live in conflict with one another in some form or fashion in this life. Perhaps it's with a family member, a co-worker, or encountering people who are grumpy, irritating, or short-tempered. Even families, small groups, churches, denominations, cities, and nations, in efforts to live in truthfulness and honor, sometimes peace cannot be found. Not everyone wants to get along. The reality is the world is populated with people just like us. Theologian Karl Barth wrote, our fellow men have no right to peace. Last week, Pastor Joanna preached the first eight verses uh, entitled, Unified in Jesus Christ, the result of God's grace and gifts to us as the body of Christ. In these next 13 verses, verses 9 through 13, Paul rapidly volleys no less than 30 exhortations or appeals for the vision of that unity for practical Christian living. Paul knew the problematic reality for Christians living in an imperfect world. When he encourages Christians to bless persecutors in verse 14 and to not repay evil for evil in verse 17, he assumes that Christians are in conflict with the world around them. There were known cultural differences between Hellenistic and Jewish Christians, circumcision and dietary restrictions just to name two. There was anxiety in their relationship with the Jews who had been expelled from Rome by Emperor Claudius and now after five years were allowed to return. Paul reminded his audience that they were a new community that should reflect a new way of living as Jewish as Hellenistic. While hearts and minds usually long for peace, one must be aware of false peace. False peace does not come from God. False peace is superficial, a feeling good and making nice that is in love with keeping the peace and only dreaming of harmony and reconciliation. Fraudulent peace can smile while its heart says you don't belong. It can embrace tightly, but seeks not to comfort. The prophet Jeremiah, who cried for the hope and peace for his people, said in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 14, they have treated the wound of my people carelessly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Is it possible to live peaceably with all? To live peaceably with all is to be grounded in God's love. 
a love that doesn't wax or wane and is not fickle or inauthentic. Verse 9 says, let love be genuine. Genuine love is the true foundation for peace. The word for love used here is a agape, describing an act of love toward one another without regard to or in spite of one's response. Up to this point in the letter, the word agape is used as an expression of God's love for us. Now it is used to describe our selfless concern for our fellow human beings. To live peaceably was not to be blind to the difficult circumstances, but to set believers in motion as a reconciling community through what God did for us through Jesus Christ. Agape love is why Paul could encourage believers toward one another in verses 10 through 13 to love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. That same love urged Christian ethics for believers toward non-Christians in verses 14 through 17. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, meaning give, giving yourself to humble tasks. Do not claim to be wiser than you are, and do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. To extend peace to all, the audience needed to share the grace of God's love through Christ in their words, actions, and their presence. The same grace that freed them into a new harmony. Our Psalm 105 reading reveals God's intervention liberated God's people from the bondage of slavery in Egypt to a new reality of freedom. Likewise, as Christians in their new life in Christ, it pointed them to a new kind of peace. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, says these words, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. In Luke chapter 12, verse 51 and 52, Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. Jesus was pointing to a greater peace than worldly peace. The gospel peace comes with his self-giving on Calvary, and the power of his resurrection that inspires and creates peacemakers and those who desire to work for it. Brothers and sisters, we can focus, we can live peaceably rather with all because we have been gifted with God's love and transformed by Christ's grace and peace. Are you willing to face the world in peace today? To be peaceable with all, we are called to be composed. 
God's people sang amid, amid judgment in Isaiah 26 and proclaimed in Isaiah 26 and 3, those of steadfast, steadfast mind, you keep in peace, in peace because they trust in you. Verse 18, again, if it is possible so far as it depends on you, is not about trusting in our strength. It is about deeply relying on Jesus. We must count on God in conflicting times. As fast as the world moves today, it is too easy to get aggravated and frustrated, making us vulnerable to the attacks of disagreeing personalities. Living peaceably with all is knowing that through the Spirit, God guards our hearts and minds and empowers us to have calmness and control. There won't always be peace. Sometimes we do not exercise reasonable control, but we can have a divine presence. A divine presence of silence and listening can often break the chains of anxiety, worry, and opposition in those around us and in our hearts, laying the foundation for peace. It would be great if we could turn a switch on to be more peaceful. A. Rowland, author of The Burdens of Life, writes uh, this about being peaceful. Your home is your chief training ground, where bad temper, snappishness, and disagreeableness with other sins are to be conquered in God's strength, and where all the graces of the Holy Spirit, gentleness, goodness, patience, and meekness are to be fostered and developed. To be composed in our faith journey is not only to commit to grow in peace. It is a commitment not to stand in the way of God's grace and mercy so that others might see and experience Christ's love through our faithfulness. To be peaceable with all, we must also be courageous. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. We cannot forgo our conviction as we move as God's peace in the world. We must stand firm in the humility of our faith, pointing and bearing witness in the confidence of Christ's love and peace in our imperfect lives. There's a story about a king who announced that he would give a prize to the artist who could paint the best picture depicting peace. Many great painters sent the king several of their best pieces. One of the pictures among the various masterpieces was of a calm lake that perfectly mirrored, peacefully towered, snow-capped mountains. Overhead was a clear blue mountain sky with fluffy clouds. The picture was perfect. Most people who view the image of peace from various artists thought it was the best. But when the king announced the winner, everyone was shocked. The picture that won the prize had mountains but was rugged and bare. The sky looked very angry and there was lightning. This did not look like peace at all. It looked like the artist had mistakenly submitted his painting depicting a storm rather than peace. But if anyone looked closely at the picture, they could see a tiny bush growing in the cracks of the rock. 
In the bush, a mother bird had built her nest. And amid the rush of angry weather, the bird courageously and peacefully sat on her nest. To be at peace amid life's storms comes not being in a place with no noise or trouble or dependent upon the state of our surroundings. Real peace comes from God's presence in our hearts and minds, giving us courage in our presence with others, our words of encouragement, and our love in our actions. To live peaceably with all means, we must be Christ-like. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2 says, Live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. As believers, when we live in love for our brothers and sisters in humanity, we claim the victory of Christ's saving power over our lives and trust in his reconciling work on the cross. As a new community of Christ, we are supposed to be a portrait of Christ's self-giving love to all, those who are friendly and to our enemies. Our gift-giving of peace reflects our transformed walk with Christ and signifies God's transformative spirit in the world. If you've ever experienced the power of a confident Christian, you can feel their enthusiasm and hope. You can trust them because they know they have the power of prayer and that they have a relationship with God. Jesus took time to pray before he gathered with his people, and we are called to do the same before we go out into the world. Wives and husbands would see a change if they started their day with prayer. Children would have a different outlook on life if their parents, grandparents, or guardians prayed with and for them daily. If we prayed for our teachers, city, state, and national leaders, the same would be true, and the world might quake. The church and our neighborhoods and communities would be transformed if we have a Christ-like presence and pray for all the people. Brothers and sisters, when we commit ourselves to be the peace, we commit ourselves to Christ, the cross, and resurrection power. If it is possible so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all means that God has already equipped us for the task before us. We just have to do it. We can walk in peace and certainty and the impossibility of life as composed, courageous, and Christ-like believers because Jesus claims victory for us today. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, I have said this to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecution. Take courage. I have conquered the world. Be the peace, if you haven't already, starting today. Be the peace to those who persecute you and show you evil. Be the peace for the brokenhearted. Be the peace for those who cannot speak for themselves. Be the peace for those who are marginalized. Be the peace for those who suffer. Be the peace 
for those who mourn. God's sovereign love calls us into a radical movement of peace that passes all understanding and where we are called to participate in God's mission of hope, reconciliation, and agape love in a world that needs peace. Live today for Christ and be the peace. Amen.